Hello and welcome to The Blend Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Ruff. The Blend is almost upon us. Tickets have sold out, late nights polishing off those presentations have been had, and the after party, well, that's been arranged. Yes, it is, of course, The Blend on Saturday at the Eastside Rooms in Birmingham. Registration is from 8.30am with official proceedings starting at 9.30. It's going to be an action-packed one, so be sure to download the agenda from The Blend website to plan out your day. In the meantime, here on the podcast, we're going to hear from Prashant Chopra of Autojam on a parts category you may not have given too much thought about. He's on to tell us why you should ahead of his TPMS talk at The Blend this weekend. First, though, I'm delighted to welcome on Adam Clack of Blue Oval in Cheltenham, who'll be coming along to his first ever blend on Saturday. Adam, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Let's get started with an introduction to Blue Oval. So I gather you established it in 2012, having come from a dealership background. How has your business grown since those early days? So we started off with just me on my own on one lift, renting from a uh, uh, a a guy, a one man band in a body shop, basically. So that's how that's how Blue Oval started, if you like. Um, and then within a couple of years, we moved to uh, the first unit um, that you that obviously you visited, um, and then um, and then that was uh, twenty fourteen, and then. August this year, uh, we then expanded into next door, um. So now uh, occupying two units to, together. So we've got five lifts, and we've got four of us in total, including me. Um, and then there's another new, uh, a new, um, a uh, new master technician which is joining us in November. Exciting! It sounds like business is doing well then. Yeah, yeah. The um, the, the general booking is at least two three weeks generally, and and. And hopefully the new guy is going to help uh, take the load off me because I'm, if you like, the, the technical side of things here and um, as well as trying to steer the ship. So that's 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 the plan. And you're in the process of switching to Garage Hive too, aren't you? Yeah, we're, um, we've got a system at the moment which is a dedicated garage software system, but it's only um, like a one terminal, one user system. And um, it, it, I actually quite like it, how it works. It's quite simple. It works it it covers all our parts inventory it does mot reminders it does everything we need it to do in a way but it's just uh we it's just not it 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 doesn't allow any more flexibility and uh and that's what we need we need to we need to be able to multiple users multiple um terminals to be able to use within the building that sort of thing it sounds like a case of outgrowing your old system i guess what was it about garage hive that stood out to you there was two main contenders really. Um, we were invited to um, uh, Tamworth uh, from a bit of an event uh, that Garage Hive put on, and um, and then we got to speak to like Alex and Dawn and and uh, Elliot and that sort of thing. So I met Elliot at um, uh, Auto Mechanica, and um, and then from then there uh, we we were as I said um, invited to this event uh, uh, that Garage Hive put on in um, in Tamworth, and uh, we got to go through it, see it in action, and. Um, and with the the power bi and uh, which is, is something i've never really really had to look into but obviously taking on a bigger building more more costs and that sort of thing um alex very kindly uh, shared with us uh, a spreadsheet system that you could tally up your costs and that sort of thing and and it got me thinking and, and looking into that more thing that more so and, and then um 
uh, with Power BI, which is which is uh, an integration within GarageBand that then allows you to um, to really see what the business is doing, and it's not something I've never really looked at before. But now, obviously, it's more necessity. The necessity is there to do it. So it sounds like even before you complete that switchover process, which I think you mentioned you complete it in December, it sounds like it's already opened your eyes. Jumping from a dealer a dealership technician into working for yourself is obviously a completely different ball game there's so much other things that you got to think about and then when you start taking on staff that's a different kettle of fish again so you know it all goes from there and you have to you have to try and adapt to it and then sometimes you find yourself thinking well, i'm you know all i'm do all i was meant to do was fix cars but then obviously you you end up you end up being a business a role you have to you have to integrate all those things as well garage hive instantly sits you in the hot seat there and then it expanded those views and it, it, it enabled me to uh, to really think where we wanted to push the, the ship forward if you like talk us through the switchover process what's it been like so far i imagine it's a, a relatively daunting process yeah i mean our system currently as i said is is i mean i remember when i started using that system i had no idea how to use it whatsoever um Obviously, the support for Garage Hive, uh, the Facebook community, that sort of thing, all that is going to help massively. I, I fo- I've been following it for a couple of years now, and um, and it's interesting. You see people asking questions, and and then you know the answers that come back, and, and uh, you know really quickly, and, and it looks um, yeah, it looks it looks interesting to you. So um, hopefully that helps us along quite easily as well. Um, obviously, we we're going to have someone with us for three days as well to to get the initial startup going. Um, so that'll be help. But yeah, I mean initially when you look at your thing. You know, there's so much to do to, to even just to produce from what it looks like uh, a, jo- a job sheet or an invoice. But, um, you know, it's one of those things until you actually you, when you start using it, it becomes second nature then, doesn't it? Exactly. Yes. And the majority of listeners will be able to relate to those early days on Garage Hive and all will agree that it's been completely transformative, as you'll be able to find out for yourself on Saturday at the Blend, which is perhaps the most highly anticipated garage event of the year. It will be your first Blend Adam. So which speakers are you most looking forward to hearing from? Probably John Batten, Andy Crook, Alex, Alex Lindley. Those three probably are at the top of my list, I think. Good choices, although it is a difficult decision to make with so many great speakers and topics on the agenda. Adam, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Consider this your unofficial initiation into the community, the official initiation taking place during that after party on Saturday, of course. We'll see you then and we'll catch up with you again on the podcast once you've completed that Garage Hive switch and had a chance to really get stuck into it. Thanks, Adam. Brilliant. Looking forward to it too. Thanks, Mike. The Blend Podcast, inspiring success from within the community. Join us at The Blend on the 7th of October at the Eastside Rooms in Birmingham. Next, I'm delighted to welcome on Prashant Chopra of Autogem, who will be presenting TPMS, a ticking time bomb or top priority. Prashant, how are you? Very well, thank you. The Blend is very nearly upon us. What are your thoughts on this year's lineup? I think just the concept of the event is amazing. The, this idea that you've got a garage management uh, provider like Garage Hive, garage management software provider, you know, chucking in a whole load of sort of key innovative suppliers, and then they've got their very uh, exclusive customer base who are considered to be some of the top um, independent workshops in the country in there, and 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 shaking and stirring that. That's quite a good cocktail, really. So um, I think it's going to be good fun. A lot of the speakers uh, are either sort of niche, innovative players or, for example, you've got Euro Car Parts have got incredible access to data and insight, um, talking as well. It should be a really fascinating event. Really, really good. 
and you will of course be speaking at the blend too. Give us a bit of a teaser of your presentation if you could please. With me, teasers are quite hard because they, they always become extended trailers, you know. I, I can never get it too short. But there you go. Let's give it a go. So 2014, um, TPMS legislation kicked off, which meant every vehicle in Europe had to have a form of tyre pressure monitoring uh, system. There's two types of system. There's uh, the ABS system, which is quite straightforward. It uses ABS sensors to measure wheel speed and estimate um, tyre pressure. But then there's these uh, lovely direct TPMS sensors where there's an actual electronic sensor um, that's measuring the pressure inside um, the, the wheel, essentially. And that's on about 60% of vehicles. Um, now, if you start fast forwarding that we had legislation um, introduced in November 2014, next year marks the 10 year anniversary. Every year we have millions of vehicles registered, perhaps a few less during these sort of COVID years, but still, um, millions of vehicles registered. And then you start multiplying uh, this idea that there's either four or even five TPMS sensors um, in a vehicle. That's tens of millions of sensors on our roads today. Um, all of them, there are opportunities uh, for, for revenue opportunities there for servicing or repairing them. And essentially where we're coming from is there's an opportunity. Now, how can we maximize those opportunities? And that's um, what our presentation is really about. Um, fundamentally, it's giving some tips on how to inspect a vehicle and identify opportunities um, and then engage and present those opportunities uh, to the consumers that are coming in with those vehicles. And ultimately, then what we think is the really easy part, but perhaps workshops don't, the resolution aspect of how do we actually fix those various problems that we've identified. Um, and that, again, comes into lots of sort of tips, tricks and um, support elements that we can bring to the table. When it comes to TPMS, are UK garages servicing them or are they missing a trick at the moment or is it uh, an issue that's yet to come? I think that's a brilliant question. Well, look, uh, I'm probably sort of going on to a slightly different topic. We've got about four and a half thousand workshops that use our equipment in the UK. And what's really interesting about that is we've got a lot of the sales data, obviously, or at least their purchase data from us, whether that's for sensors, whether that's for service kits. And when we start combining that data with um, what we've been doing the last couple of years, our TPMS expert competition, which we called Under Pressure 23 this year, we're identifying knowledge gaps when people go into the qualifying rounds. We're identifying skills gaps when they actually attend the finals. And we can combine that with that purchase data to get a quite a good picture of the industry. And we call this our, our internal state of the market report. Um, and there are definitely tricks being missed. I mean, the, the market's definitely evolved over the years. You've had the early adopters who would be selling just sensors and not get involved in valve servicing at all. Um, now we are seeing a trend where certainly the large workshop chains are now moving massively into what we call servicing a sensor, which is tends to be replacing the valve stem essentially. Um, and that's starting to, to happen. But how is the opportunity being grabbed? The difference between the most successful and the least is massive. And, uh, and there's not that many of those really successful businesses out there that are truly taking advantage of the opportunity, in our opinion. Um, difficult, though, you know, shortage of staff, uh, lots of different focus on lots of different products, lots of training requirements. We've got this MOT bulge. 
there's so many challenges that businesses have. And I think what our job is to try to help get business owners sort of focus on the opportunity and then concentrate on making sure that uh, they can get, um, you know, their, their managers, their assistant managers, their techs engaged in the opportunity as well um, so that they're interested in, in driving those sales because the profit opportunity is fantastic relative to, let's say, just selling a, a, a black tyre. It's, um, it's much, much more on TPMS. The workshops will have heard of lots of opportunities over the years. So perhaps we should ask, how easy is this particular opportunity to integrate within the current service offering at their garage? Integrating the opportunity is actually quite easy. The barrier of entry in terms of technically how hard it is to uh, do the physical work and even do the inspections is actually quite straightforward. The barrier of entry in terms of the cost of equipment to get involved is absolutely, it's relatively low. There's much more expensive um, categories that people would need to get involved in and, and, and spend a lot of time in terms of training. Um, I think where garage management software companies like Garage Hive can actually help is integrating some of the inspection elements that we, we talk about, you know, looking for corroded valve stems, for example, checking low battery status on a vehicle, and then creating that sort of workflow to then offer, um, uh, you know, the service uh, as part of the electronic vehicle health check going sort of downstream. So that integration element's all there. All of these things are really straightforward. I think the hardest part of integrating this um, is something that I had a nice conversation with, with uh, an associate about the other day, is actually the service advisors. And it's about their desire to want to actually sell this product. I think business owners understand how easy it is and, um, and, and it, it should be an opportunity that they offer. They get that. But we get into this, sometimes we can get into this painful the tail is wagging the dog scenario where the business owner is saying, yep, this is brilliant, but he can't get the team to engage and actually want to do those inspections and actually want to offer those services. Um, and that's quite challenging, especially when there's staff shortages uh, and, and so much pressure on the industry as it is. You mentioned sensor replacement and valve stem replacement. Could you talk us through what the difference is and what the process involves? So sensor replacement, why would you need to replace a sensor? Well, firstly, sensors have batteries inside them and eventually uh, they will run out. Now, um, unfortunately, as a, as a TPMS provider who's been doing it since 2007, these batteries have not quite run out as quickly as we would have liked. Um, and sensor manufacturers have said that the batteries have run out in about five years. Well, realistically, that's not the case. We're talking seven plus years is what we feel our numbers are. So now if you, if you rewind again, uh, back to what I was saying earlier, that in 2014, all these vehicles started having sensors put inside them. We're getting to this kind of ripening of the market where the batteries will start failing and, and are failing. So, you know, we've seen an evolution from the original sensors that went out there that had quite large batteries uh, to the latest sensors that have quite small batteries. But they've also got more sophisticated sort of hibernating um, uh, software inside them, which allows that battery life to be longer than perhaps we would have liked. So what you've got is batteries are, uh, are failing. And when that fails, the TPMS light comes on the dashboard um, and a certain type of TPMS light, because the TPMS light can come on in different ways, um, a certain type of TPMS light is actually an MOT fail. 
And that really does drive that, um, that sales opportunity. And that's, that's very important, I think, for people to understand that it is part of the MOT and people understand that. But low pressure is not a TPMS fail. Um, so sensors need to be replaced because of battery failure. Sensors also need to be replaced because, and it happens less so now, people do break them on their tire machines on dismount or remount. Back in the early days when they first started seeing sensors, these were getting broken left, right and centre. Um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think whether you have to bleep me out, but we used to say to some of our international TPMS partners, our market is the, oh shit, I broke a sensor market, rather than the winter wheel market, which, uh, which Northern Europe tends to have, where people buy a second set of wheels with a second set of sensors when they buy a new vehicle. And I'm so, so jealous of the volumes of those guys. Um, but that's, that's essentially why you would need to replace a sensor. Um, but then you get onto servicing of a sensor. And this is really interesting where these sensors, the valve stems can actually get broken at uh, the petrol station when you're putting a rigid air inflation arm onto this metal valve stem and you accidentally shear off the end of these things because the environment is causing them to corrode. Uh, they become very brittle um, and, and it's just essentially they're corroding. So you should be really looking to service um, a sensor for that reason. Another reason to service a sensor is that the actual seal that allows the um, air not to leak uh, from a valve is made of, uh, of, of a form of rubber. And rubber naturally ages, it cracks, and that's where you can get slow air leaks as well. And what we found is some of the rubber sensors as well, um, when you're getting your car cleaned at some of these car washes, they put very strong acid um, on the wheels to clean your wheels. That can really cause these rubber valve stems to perish, and that can cause a leak as well. So there's, there's lots of different things going on there. When you've got a leaky valve, you really should be replacing just the valve if the electronics are still working. And that's what we call the difference between a sensor replacement and a sensor service. What sort of return can garages expect on these jobs? That's a fantastic question. So there I was talking about how much uh, or how little money people make on tyres. They might make five, 10, 15 pounds, uh, you know, on the tyre replacement. Um, on a sensor, they could be making 40 to 50 pounds quite easily um, on top of their, you know, their cost of their sensor. And compared to what the main dealers would be charging, this is, you know, a considerable saving for the consumer as well. Because main dealer sort of model of charging it involves labor often, whereas an all in price is tends to be how um, workshops and fast fit sort of businesses tend to operate. Um, Whereas a main dealer might say, I'm going to charge you X for the part, Y for the valve stem. I'm going to charge you um, Z for the tire replacement element. And then I'm going to charge you for a diagnostic reset charge as well. Now, what's happening with, uh, for example, our eye sensor, our aftermarket solution, is we can copy the ID code of the original equipment sensor and therefore sort of um, avoid... Uh, an OBD relearn procedure. And by avoiding the OBD relearn procedure, we've saved time. And that's, that can be a saving that can be passed on to the consumer, as well as arguably some of that profitability can be shared with the workshop as well. So there's great opportunity there on sensor replacement. When it comes to valve stem servicing, this is, uh, this is a really interesting opportunity as well, because 
back in the day when we didn't have tire pressure sensors um, on vehicles left, right and center, you would go in and you would ask for the price of a tire. And sometimes it would inc- include what we call a valve, um, uh, a, a balance and a disposal. So that's not traditionally possible anymore when you've got a tire pressure sensor that might be sitting on that vehicle for up to 10 years. You can't, you're not necessarily replacing that valve. So that revenue opportunity is dropped and people used to charge for a valve and a balance and a disposal. Um, so that's revenue that's being lost. And what we're saying is, surely you need to be identifying the opportunity where you've got a TPMS sensor you can service that sensor and charge accordingly for the service. Now, does it take longer to fit a, uh, a TPMS valve than a, a normal snap-in tyre valve? Yes, it does, but you need to charge for that service. And the point is, you are giving a service to your customer by getting rid of those uh, corroded nuts and, and making their wheels look nice again. You're giving a service to the customer by making sure their valve is not leaking and won't leak. Um, uh, and, it, and really valves, you know, seals should be replaced at every tire change. Uh, and that's, that's been standard operating procedure across the tire industry for decades that a valve stem is changed every time. You supply TPMS products through Autogym, but you also offer a number of TPMS support services for garages. Could you tell us more about that? Look, if you purchase equipment for us, how do we go about it? The first thing we do is we go through an onboarding process. Uh, that, that involves not just being called up, but also a series of automated emails that build and develop um, a customer's knowledge, uh, uh, you know, their, their TPMS experience, shall we say. And, and we've got a few tips and tricks there that I can't reveal our secret source too much on that, but it, it's quite interesting. On top of that, we have an e-learning package that's also available um, where, you know, staff members can, um, you know, can, can develop their confidence, shall we say. And then ultimately, we want to start putting them into that competition that we were referring to. But all along the way, what we want to do is not just provide the training, but provide the support that people require and support can be provided in so many different ways. It could be on our support line, and we take up to 500 um, support calls a month on our dedicated TPMS support line. And that could last for two minutes, or it could go on for 20 minutes. Um, or, or, or there could be a repeat call to say, I've now done the work that you've asked me to do, and the TPMS light has gone out, for example. Um, so support is, a, is an absolutely fundamental aspect um, for provision of this category, in, in our opinion. And that can happen over the phone. That can happen through um, our online um, support system, which is a 24-7 ability to to look up part numbers, reloan procedures, OE part numbers, and all sorts of little uh, nuanced um, elements that help you um, resolve your TPMS problems. But we also provide support actually on uh, on the tools that we provide. So we like to call that onboard support, where a lot of the aspects of the online elements that we've introduced and had for well over a decade, we've now started feeding into, uh, for example, our pro tools. So you can get relearn procedures, ID locations, OBD locations and things like that. So we go into point of sale material as well. And whether that's digital um, or, or whether it's actually physical point of sale material. So 
Oh my goodness. I often say to people, TPMS is, uh, is, is not a part number. It's not just a point where somebody distributes an electronic tool and goes, here's a sensor now, you go work it out. And oh, here's the instruction manual and there you go. There's a lot more to it. And by providing all those more to it, um, I think you then develop confidence at the coalface where people say, actually, I'm going to go over after those revenue opportunities. Going back to the phone line support, what's the most common question you get asked by workshops? Yeah, yeah, let me give away the secret sauce now. I can tell you something really interesting on this. You're getting me all excited, actually. So we get, we get the simple questions, what's a part number for this and so on. And, and, and we always try to steer people to say, look, there's a lot of online resource that we already provide. You didn't really need to call us up for that. Um, but where support's really needed is when you've got a TPMS light on and you don't know why it's on. Um, and that's when we like to take our customers back to basics, really, about what is the vehicle doing? What is the brain of the car's, you know, the, the, the brain of the vehicle's computer expecting? And what's physically happening inside the tyre? And how do we match those two things up? So um, I think that's the biggest hint I can give you. What we've gone and done, though, which is quite cool, is we've taken that number one support question and we've put it into an actual software function inside our Pro Tool so that people can, can do the exact steps that we tell them to do over the phone through the, our tool in a particular workflow sort of method. There we go. We almost got those trade secrets out of you. It all sounds very interesting, as does this competition that you've been referring to. Tell us more about that. We had an online game show for our qualifying rounds, and that was really good fun. So we hosted this game show and we captured a lot of data and people had to answer the correct sort of answers. Um, and the faster they answered with correct answers, should we say, the more points they got. And essentially that, that decided who qualified for the finals. And at the NEC last year, we, we brought a, a booby trap vehicle in, which we put loads of different things that were wrong with it. Um, and I can't reveal all the different things that were wrong with it. And then we gave people a, a set amount of time to inspect that vehicle. Um, and then a set amount of time to sort of engage with our independent judges um, and explain exactly what they found wrong with the vehicle. And then a set amount of time to then explain to us, because there's various ways to metaphorically skin the TPMS cat um, and resolve the various TPMS issues that we had put on the vehicle. So we would measure resolution. Uh, the other judges would, read, would measure inspection and engagement. And that was last year's competition. And then this year was incredible because we, I think we went sort of next level with a venue in terms of... Uh, we were delighted that Pirelli Performance Centre in Burton-on-Trent actually hosted our event. And this is an incredible workshop. And uh, this time we added a practical element as well. We reduced the amount of time. We booby-trapped the vehicle in different ways. We had even more film crews and photographers and, and observers. So we definitely added more pressure uh, to the equation. And I think some people were breaking under that pressure, unfortunately. And these are people that we, we know are very good at the TPMS job and, and they missed some basic elements out, which we were quite surprised by, actually. So, yeah, we definitely turned up the heat and um, we, we know we're doing another event next year and, uh, and, and our friends at Pirelli are quite excited about uh, hosting it again, actually. If there's one key point you'd hope people take away from your talk on Saturday, what would it be? I would say don't be scared of TPMS. 
the opportunity is absolutely there for you. And there are arguably providers out there that can hold your hand and get you generating income. Get involved. It's easy. It's not difficult. Prashant, we look forward to hearing much more about this at The Blend. Thanks for chatting to us and we'll see you on Saturday. Uh, my pleasure and, and delighted to be invited. So uh, look forward to meeting everyone there. Thanks for listening to The Blend podcast and a special thanks to Adam Clack and Prashant Chopra for coming on. Don't forget to subscribe to The Blend podcast in your usual podcast player. We've got lots more interesting conversations to come. We'll be back with another episode very soon, but for now, safe travels to Birmingham.